So, as most of you can see, I am not Pastor Don. <laughs> he is out of town this week, and he asked for me to fill in. Um, that was my father who did announcements this morning, so he's not wrong. He has known me for quite a long time. Um, now, I'm not going to lie. When Pastor Don first asked me to speak to you all this morning, my initial reaction was, I need to talk to Miss Lori. I think our pastor has gone insane. <laughs> But he, he assured me that he had been praying about it, and uh, he just felt called to ask me to get up here and give a message this morning, and he encouraged me to pray about it while uh, it was actually when Gail Irwin was speaking. He asked me to pray about it while Gail was giving his message, so I agreed, and uh, Praise Bang got up here and started doing their thing, and I must apologize to y'all, I was kind of elsewhere for a song or two, but I was I was just praying. I was like, Lord, you've given me this opportunity. Um, I really don't I don't know if I'm ready for it. I mean, what message could a 20 year old kid bring to all these people? Most of them parents, all of them my elders, just about. And what can I? What message can I bring to parents when I don't even have a girlfriend? But at that point, I just felt a calm come over me. It was like, yeah, you can you can do this. You. I have prepared a message for you. So, if you would, please turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through 49. Pastor Don is right. You can hear the pages turning. That's cool. All right. Luke chapter 6, verse 39. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. But why do you call me, Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Verse 39, blind leading the blind. Now, it's a common saying, we've all heard it, but if you really take a second to think about it, it's kind of a funny picture. Two blind guys just, come on, it's this way, I promise. Nope, nope, it's over there. Neither of them have a clue where they're going, but they're both so sure that they know where they have to get. Come on, it's this way. No, no, it's not. You don't know where you're going. Just calm down. Now, this summer, I, thanks to my big brother back there, 
he got me a job with a construction company, and a lot of the situations that I'm in actually go well with this message, so y'all be treated to a few construction analogies. So I get to work with a guy who's just about a year older than me. He's been working with this company for about three months longer than I have, so we're both pretty new. There are multiple times when we've been told, hey, y'all two, go do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we get there, start looking at what we have to do. Be like, all right, this, this, and this need to go here, here, and here. He'll say, no, 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 that, that, and there. I need to go over there, over here, and up there. So we'll just go back and forth trying to figure out the best way to do it. Neither one of us have a clue, but we're both so certain that we're right. So normally what ends up happen happening is we compromise and do it his way. And we start just fumbling along, making a complete mess of things. Every time, never fails. So we'll be we'll be working and doing the best we can, and then either Kyle or our supervisor will come over and be like, "What are you thinking?" And they'll they'll get down in about thirty seconds to do what we just spent two hours trying to figure out. It's the most annoying thing in the world, I've got to say. But they're able to do that because they've had ex had have had experience in this field. They're able to teach us. We are the disciples. Now, will we ever be as good as our supervisor? Maybe, in time. <laughs> Cal says no. <laughs> but if we are perfectly trained, we will be like our teacher. And there will be, Cal, there will be a point this summer I can put together a slip and drive duct perfectly, I promise. Anyways, moving on from construction. Verses 41 and 42. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? but do not perceive the plank in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now, I'm not sure how many of you have ever seen a piece of wood before, but normally they're big enough to notice, especially if it's sticking out of your eye. You'd think you'd be able to see it. Now, once again, back to construction. If one of my coworkers came up to me with a piece of wood sticking out of their eye and told me how to do something, I don't think I would listen very closely. If it was directions to call 911, then yes, I probably would listen. Other than that, probably not. But in everyday life, in our everyday walk with Christ, it's a lot like that. Every day, we're representing Christ as Christians. And as Christians, we're called to be different from this world. Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, if we're walking around with planks in our eyes, with blatant sin or glaring character flaws, then people, of the, people will see that. And they'll think exactly what Christ thinks of these people. Hypocrite. We say one thing, and yet we do something completely different. And if we, if we have those planks in our eyes, then how are we supposed to show people what, what Christ is really like? How are we supposed to show people that we are changed, that we've, we're different, that we're set apart from this world? We can't. We really can't. Now, I'm not saying that we won't sin. We're all humans. All have failed and fall short of the glory of God. But we can certainly try. <laughs> we definitely can try. 
Now, when we fail, that's where God's grace comes in. Um, as Ephesians 2.8 says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So we will fail. We will fall short. That's where God's grace comes in. Now, should we try not to fail? Absolutely. That's God loves us. We love God. We strive to obey. That's uh, a completely different sermon, but suffice, suffice that to say for the moment. But when others look at us, they should see us trying to lead a perfectly sinless life, trying to reflect the image of Christ out to the world. They should be able to tell that we don't belong here in this world, but that we belong in heaven with our God. And when we get to heaven, we want other people to be there with us as well. God desires that everybody should be in heaven. God didn't make hell for humans. He made it for Satan and for his followers. So, we want to worship, worship our creator for eternity, with our friends, our family members, with our enemies even, and especially with our children. Well, I say our children, y'all's children. I'm not a parent. I really want y'all's children to go to heaven, though. Fun fact for uh, all you visitors today, we have amazing children here at Calvary Chapel, Madison County. They never fight, never cry, never get in trouble, ever. You don't have to ask the parents. You can take my word for it. No, but we really do have some pretty awesome children here. And I believe that's because of good parenting. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, and a good man out of the goodness of his heart brings forth good. When good comes in, good comes out. Now, when I was preparing this sermon, I refused to practice it for mom and dad. They're right over there. Dad was the guy up here doing the uh, announcements earlier. Mom's right next to him. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk about them a little bit this morning, because as of three weeks ago today, actually, they survived raising three boys through their teenage years. Myself, Gwen and Kyle, who are also here today. Now... That in and of itself is quite a feat. I, I'm studying mechanical engineering at Auburn, so me and math are pretty good friends. So I started running some numbers. When Kyle turned 13, I was seven years old. So from the time I was seven until I turned 20, my parents had a teenage boy in the house. That is 13 years of trying to raise teenagers. And if you've ever seen a teenage boy eat, you know how hard of a time my mom had keeping us all fed. But did a good job, Ma. Well done, well done. But by the grace of God and a few small miracles, we all survived. I'm sure there were times they thought that we wouldn't. But we all did get through it. And I honestly can't thank my parents enough for the way that they raised us. They showed us how a godly man and woman should act towards each other and how they should act towards others. I was going to say if my brothers were here, but my brothers are here. So you can ask them. Our parents were probably the most influential people in our lives growing up. They taught us everything we know about being people, about being Christians, about how we should act towards others, how we should act personally, um, just everything. We at least like to think they did a good job. If, if you don't think so, you can talk to them when I'm out of your shot so you don't hurt my feelings. But yeah, I got incredibly lucky with my parents. I feel like I won the parent lottery. Um, they took us to church. They taught us how we should act, what we, 
they led us to finding out what we believe, uh, just encouraged us to dive deep into the Word, to find our own faith, to find our own way. They taught us to be different from the world, and that to let it shine through us and to let other people see that. Now, there is a flip side to all this. Bad trees do not bear good fruit, and an evil man will bring forth evil. You can't gather grapes from a bramble bush, nor can you gather figs from thorns. Verse 44. Now, if we weren't shown the love of Christ in our lives, if they had planks out of their eyes, then we would have noticed as children. It would have been very visible. Now, I'm not a parent. I'm not offering any parenting advice, but I am barely not a child. So I can I can assure you that children will notice the way that their parents act. If their character flaws or if there's just a repetitive sin that keep falling into over and over, then kids will notice. They'll they're always watching, always scrutinizing. I know for a fact there are there are things mom and dad have no recollection of ever doing and they just stick out vividly in my mind from when I was really small. So I just encourage you to watch the way you're acting around children. Let them see that you're not just paying lip service to God, that you love him and that you love him enough to obey his commandments. Now, you will fall short. Nobody's perfect. Not even you, Mom. I'm sorry. You're close, but... But your children will see that you're doing the absolute best that you can, that you that you're not just saying these things, but that you're actually living them out and that you are doing your absolute best to live a God-fearing and God-honoring life. And it will be enough. It will be enough. Now, those of us without children, this goes for us too. You have to pay attention as well. Even though we don't have any little munchkins running around, we are still being watched every day by everybody, especially people who know that we are Christians. Non-believers will watch us, whether it's because they're just curious what this whole Christian thing is about, whether they're searching for something, they know there's a hole in their lives, and they're wondering if we hold the answer to it, or maybe they're just bitter and they're trying to catch us in sin. They will be watching. Also, other Christians will be watching us. Younger Christians will be watching us in order to try and figure out this... Uh, what's happening to them, trying to figure out this whole Christian thing. When these people are watching, we must be especially careful. Matthew 8.16 says, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. It's pretty important not to make a little one stumble. Little one physically little or just young in the faith. Be careful how you act around them. Set a good example. And older Christians will be watching us to kind of guide us along the straight and narrow, give us little nudges here and there, trying to bump us back onto it. And if that doesn't work, getting a bulldozer and scooping us back onto the straight and narrow when we need it. But regardless of who is watching, we're always representing Christ at all times. That's what being a Christian is. It's reflecting Christ's image through you. So I encourage you, just dig deep, lay that foundation. 
parents, let your children see that you're digging constantly, trying to get to a firmer and firmer foundation. And by doing so, you'll be digging right along with your children, helping them reach that foundation. And they'll be encouraged by that. They'll dig harder, dig deeper. And if they stop digging, then you have a shovel in your hand to give them a little encouragement as well. Once again, not, parent, not parenting advice. But yeah, we're always being watched. I know, let's see, I was in eighth grade, I think. I had no idea this was happening, but in my social studies class, uh, my teacher asked, can anybody name the, the books of the gospel? I don't know why I was being asked in public school, but they did. I raised my hand, listed them off, never thought anything about it. And then my senior year, there was one of my good friends. He had moved away a couple years earlier, but he messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, there was, there was a time in eighth grade when our teacher asked who knew the books of the gospel, and you just listed them right off. And in that moment, I just started wondering, what, what does this kid have that other people don't? Like, what is this thing that's so important that he has these memorized just off the top of his head? And it was just through a small act like that, he got curious about what the word was, and he just started started searching and started looking. And it was just something that I barely even remember doing. So it's just things like that 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 just show how important it is to be reflecting the word of Christ. You never know who's watching. You never know what action will set somebody on the road towards Christ. So I just encourage you, in all that you do, you are being an ambassador for Christ. In every, every moment you're being watched as a Christian. And people want to see what that means. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for us today once again. I just pray that, uh, that you'll just take these words, take this passage, and... Uh, Pray that we just take it to heart, Father. That we just uh, that we just watch what watch our actions and watch what we're doing, Father. Um, we never know the time or the place when you're going to start working in somebody's heart, Lord. I just pray that um, these young parents out here that they'll they'll uh, faithfully train up their children. You say that if you train a child in the way he should go, then when he is old, he will not depart from it, Lord. I just pray that. Uh, that you'll just be with each and every one of us and that we'll all be good ambassadors for you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As